0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا ان جاءكم فاسق بنبأ فتبينوا ان تصيبوا قوما بجهالة فتصبحوا على ما فعلتم نادمين وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم التثبت من الله والعجله من الشيطان او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام Sadaq Allah sadaqallahu maulana al-azim wa sadaqa rasuluhu an-nabiyul habibul karim wa nahnu ala dhalika min ash-shahidin wash-shakirin walhamdulillah rabbi alamin Honorable ulama respected huffaz beloved brothers and elders There was a pious man in the past by the name of Hatim Asam rahmatullah alayhi mentor Tad and sheikh, for approximately 20 years. After this long period, his mentor asked him in this long duration, what did you learn? A student remains in madrasa to become an alim for six years, for seven years. He studies a lot of kitabs, a lot of books he's got to go through. There's a lot of work he has to put in. Now after seven years, someone asks him, what you learned? That's only seven years. This man stayed 20 years. His sheikh asked him, what you learned? He says, I learned eight things. Sheikh says, 20 years, eight things. You only learned eight things in 20 years. I think I wasted my time and you wasted your time. Then he began enumerating the eight lessons that he learned. And these lessons were found, these lessons were such that they were the essence of whatever is found in Qur'an, in Zabur, Torah, and Injil. There were eight such lessons that cover many chapters in One of those lessons he says, one of them, we won't discuss all eight, one he said was, I noticed in this world, every person, he has an enemy he has a foe, he has someone that he doesn't like, and someone towards which he becomes hostile. So I thought to myself, everyone chose someone, he made someone a target, who should I make my target? He says, from your teachings I learnt, and from the teachings of Quran I learnt, Allah says, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌّ فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوًّا You want to take someone as your enemy, You want to be hostile and make someone your target, then that should be shaitan. Make him your target because he is responsible for a whole host of evil. You make him your target and people will be safe. When Yusuf was now on the height of the throne, after going through all the difficulty that his brothers put him through, after 40, 50 years, he could have pointed a finger towards all of them. But what did he do? He said, Allah was so kind to me. He put all the blame on shaitan. Shaitan was the problems between myself and my brothers. But they aren't to blame. It's shaitan to blame. When you shift your focus and make this man, this being, this shaitan your enemy, everyone else will be clean. So in Quran, Allah is teaching us, shaitan is your enemy. And Allah says, Like every enemy, his dream, his goal is to make you fall. He doesn't want to see you climb. He doesn't want to see you thrive. He doesn't want to see you succeed. He wants to see you fall and fall harder every day. He knows he's going to fall into Jahannam. He wants to take as many people as he can with him. And his duty is to show, is to sow discord amongst people. This is an ayat of Quran. Inna zahu yanzaghu baynahum every day. Shaitan looks for ways to split, to break, to disintegrate whatever has been made strong, solid and consolidated. His work, if there's a relationship between two people, he can't see that, he's going to break it whether it be between husband and wife, whether it be between brother and sister, whether it be between siblings, whether it be between parent and child, whoever shaitan needs to sow discord, Allah teaches us. And Allah when He says, this is what shaitan wants to do, then not far from shaitan's attack, you will find Allah showing us how to defend. Allah shows us the defense. So before inna shaitan yanza Allah says, وَقُلْ لِعِبَادِي يَقُولُ هِيَ أَحْسَنُ If you want to defeat shaitan, and overcome his attack of sowing discord, all you got to do is pay attention to your tongue. Look after your tongue. Allah is saying, oh Nabi of Allah, tell my servants, يَقُولُ They got to be careful of how they use their tongue. Once you gain control over this, you've gained mastery over shaitan, he won't be able to sow this discord. Now, respect, girls and friends, the tongue is a tool we're going to use and we are using every day. But today, we'll just highlight on one aspect regarding the tongue. And one of the main tools for shaitan to sow discord and create disunity, this, this is one ayat of Quran Allah teaches us related to our tongues. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. He displayed to us this lesson throughout his life. And this lesson is something borne out in the ayat of Qur'an. To understand this, let's understand why this ayat was revealed. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had sent a man by the name of Walid bin Uqba bin Abi Mu'it. He accepted Islam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam sent him to the Banu Amir to collect the zakat. He goes to collect the zakat, and as he's coming to them, out of joy, they came out of the town, before he could reach their town, to give the zakat before he comes in. Because they were new to Islam, and they wanted to embrace this law of zakat wholeheartedly, so they came out before he could reach. When he saw the large group coming out, he feared, these people are coming to attack me. Normally, you go to them, and you collect it from them, because I'm coming to take money from them, looks like they want to wipe me out. He turns around and comes back to Medina. He comes back to Medina Munawwar and he tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, "I went to collect zakat, but these people irta'du al-Islam. They've turned away from Islam, and they coming out to attack me because I want to collect the zakat." Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was disturbed. He became angry. And he felt that these people have behaved in a very deceptive manner. He got an army ready. He made the leader of the army, Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu, that you go and check these people, why have they turned away? Nabi sallallahu alaihi wa was still busy with that. And then he advised Khalid, Oh Khalid, when you go there, then take it easy. This man gave me this report, it's only one man. Before you take action, you confirm whether everything is correct or not. Khalid bin Walid, he goes to the tribe, and he situates himself strategically outside the tribe. Whilst he's waiting there, he tells his men, that you all go in quietly undercover, and go see what's happening inside. So they went in as ordinary people, visitors, travelers, they came into the town, and they came back to tell us that Khalid bin Walid, عنه, that we've noticed something totally different. We... Can see these people? They are all still Muslim. They're performing their Salah. They're giving Adhan and Iqamat. We can't understand what information has reached. Then Khalid bin Walid Allah, he went himself and he saw these people are all still on Islam. He announced to them that this is what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi sallam sent me for. Then they clarified. We didn't come to attack, we came out of joy and happiness to collect the zakat, and we were wondering why the Messenger of Nabi ﷺ turned away. Then this ayat of Quran was revealed. Allah says, In ja'akum kumfasikum binabain, O people of Iman, if someone brings information to you, then what? Then you verify that information. Why? بجهالتن, it's likely that you might hurt and harm someone unknowingly. If you don't verify, you'll just go by what one person mentioned to you. You might hurt and harm someone, then, نادمين, you're going to be regretful and remorseful over the action that you get carried out. And on this occasion, Nabi sallallahu alayhi said, الله, verifying, checking that information, making sure it's correct. This is from Allah. And a person who has this quality is blessed by Allah. On the contrary, الشيطان, Those people who act in haste, they are being inspired by shaitan because this is shaitan's work. He doesn't want you to verify. He wants to sow discord and create and cause problems. We find in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's life, on so many other occasions, this was his Mubarak Sunnah. When something, so some information came, he always taught others, rather than hastening, rather than rushing towards a conclusion and making our own conclusion, rather take the time to find out, verify, so it doesn't cause problems later on. One person came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he mentioned that, I've got, I'm married, and my wife has given birth to a child, but something very strange and unique. I'm fain complexion, she's fain complexion, but this child that's born is dark in complexion. So in other words, he was having doubts on his wife. Maybe she cheated on me behind my back without me knowing because how can a child who's not our complexion be born in our wedlock, عليه wasallam asked him, camels. He said, yes, I do own camels. Are there half min awraq? In your camels, is there any camel who has a mixed color? A color that's not exactly like the color of the father and the mother of that camel. So he said, yes, definitely. This type of color, that mixed color comes totally different to what the mother and father are. So Nabi sallallahu alaihi asked him, so how did this color come? So he mentioned, asa ay It's possible that somewhere along the line, or somewhere along the lineage of these camels, one camel in that line was this color, and that's why this this camel was born according to that color. So, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, if that can happen in the camels, it can happen in your own family. It can happen in humans. It doesn't mean that your wife had committed something wrong. What does this teach us? find out verify if he just went by what came into his mind he lived on that doubt it would have created problems for him and problems for others a famous incident before the Fathi makkah nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam wanted to go and attack makkah mukarrama with the sahaba radiallahu anhum and it was very very confidential nabi sallallahu alayhi didn't want this news to leak out nevertheless through wahi, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was informed, it was a stealth operation, and this news wasn't supposed to go out. Nabi sallallahu was told by Allah ta'ala, that there's a letter. There's a letter going from Medina to the people of Makkah, informing them of your plans. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sends Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair, and Hazrat Miqdad radiallahu anhum, that you all go, there's a caravan you'll meet at a certain place, Raudhata Khakin, when you reach that place, you intercept that letter, you see what's the contents, and you bring it back to Marina Munamara. So these three Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they go, they intercept the letter, they bring it back. When they open the letter, it's addressed by a sahabi of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's written from him. He let the information out. His name was Hatib bin Abi Baltaha radiallahu ta'ala anhu Sahaba were amused, they were shocked. They were they were they were shocked. How can this cat how can this can he, how can this be found? How can he let the secret out? What does Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do? Sahaba radiallahu anhum were ready to behead this person. That he let out the secret of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ali alayhi wa sallam calls him. He calls Hazrat Hatib. And he tells him, Oh Hatib, what happened? Why did you do this? So he said, Ya Rasulullah, if we gonna attack, then I got nowhere. I got family in Makkah. And I got, there's no one for, there's no one to protect them. I don't want them to be harmed. And I can't bring them to Medina. So I thought if I send this information, then maybe some arrangement will be made for their protection. And then he says, I didn't do this as a form of disbelief and turning away from my deen. I only did this for this reason. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, your brother, this man has spoken the truth. He didn't do it for wrong reasons, he did it innocently. And he's spoken the truth. Nabi ﷺ didn't take any action against the sahabi. In fact, he addressed the sahaba radiallahu anhum. This man is Ashabi Badr. He's amongst the people who took part in the battle of Badr. And Allah Ta'ala has special mercy on these people. He did it cleanly, let's not look down at him. Others would have taken his life. But Nabi ﷺ is teaching us, before we take action, rather confirm. Get the full story, verify, make sure there isn't a problem. We've heard time and again, the incident of Juraidj. Nabi ﷺ narrates this incident, that there was a man by the name of Juraj, a very pious person, muhaddithin right for approximately 20 years. He engaged himself in Allah's from the from the age 13 till 33 at this age people decided to cause some harm to him as a man excels and he gets prominence and fame you always find these people to try and run him down so there was a woman who said this man claims to be pious I will put him in his place and I will create some some fitna that this man will fall so she goes up to him and she tries, she was an extremely beautiful woman, a loose woman but she came up to him to try and entice him he turned away so what she did was, she committed zina with a shepherd who lived not far from the worship place of Juraj, And she fell pregnant when she gave birth to a child. People asked her, where did this child come from? She said, this child is Juraj. it's a child of Juraj." Immediately they went up to him, they destroyed his place of worship. They began hitting him, beating him up. So he asked them, what's the matter? Why are you doing this? So they told him, that you committed zina with this woman, therefore we destroyed this entire place of worship, your masjid, and we're now gonna kill you. So he said, Okay, just tell me where's the child? He goes up to the child, before that he performs Turakats of Salah, he makes dua to Allah and then he pokes his finger on the stomach of the child and asks the child, Man Abuka, tell me who's your father. A new new newborn child. This children don't speak. That child says, It's so and so shepherd, and this is where the zina etc. took place. People were amazed. Then they told him, we apologize for what we did. We'll rebuild your masjid out of gold. He says, no, build it exactly as it was. And he, Allah saved him. Allah tabarak wa saved him. But what we understand from this incident is, these people took this matter into their hands without verification. They just heard something and they went and destroyed that masjid of Juraj without confirming, without verifying, without even checking what's the real story. People say today, is we've always heard, there's two sides to a coin. There are always two sides to a coin. So you must make sure that you hear both sides. And people used to say there's two sides to a story, but now they say there's three sides. Your story, my story, and the real story. Sometimes that one is different from the original story. So what we need to do is always, فَتَبَيَّنُوا The ayat of Quran is teaching us, always check. sa bin Abi Waqas anhu. Was the leader? There was a complaint that had come to Umar Radiallahu anhu that this man, your leader, is not doing the proper job. He's not leading people correctly, and the complaint was that he's not even performing the salah correctly. Sa'd bin Abi Waqqas is amongst the Ashara Mubashara. He's amongst the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He's related to Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this type of a complaint comes has Umar Radiallahu anhu. He doesn't just listen to the complaint. He says, let me verify. He calls Ansar radiallahu anhu and asks him, this complaint has come forward. He says, I'm performing with them the very same salah that I've learned from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he explained to Umar radiallahu anhu. And Umar radiallahu anhu said, this is exactly what I thought regarding regarding you, that this, this is false. Umar radiallahu anhu then sent people going to Kufa and find out what the people of Kufa have to say. Every little corner that they went through went to every person only had good to say about Saad bin Abi Waqqas. until they came to one masjid or one area, Bani Abbs, and there was a man there by the name of Usama bin Qatada. He stood up and he had four complaints against Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas. And what did he say? He says that this man in Nasdan La Yasiru Fisariya he doesn't come out. When the armies are going to fight he sits behind and he enjoys himself and sends the armies out to strive and he stays away, he doesn't join the army. Then he says, When he distributes wealth, he doesn't do it justly and equally. Then, raiya al Qadiyya, He isn't just to his subordinates, he favors some and he, and he degrades others. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radi anhu it was apparent and evident that only one man in the entire Kufa got this type of a complaint Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas <coughs> was that person who by by Nabi sallahu alayhi wasallam he was given that dua he made khidmat of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam he served him and on one day Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam raised his hand and made dua for Saad bin Abi Waqas what dua did he